Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA Podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be looking ahead to the weekend's action as then take on Neve Gulla of Kerry in the All-Ireland Club Junior Championship semi-final. Um, that's in O'Connor Park in Tullamore at 1.30 on Sunday or sorry on Saturday and then on Sunday it's Cavan against Leitrim in the opening round of the Alliance Football League over in Carrick and Shannon throw in for that game is at 2 o'clock as always I'm joined by sports editor of the Anglo Celt Paul Fitzpatrick we start off with the with the first coming game which is then All-Ireland semi-final um, great obviously to have a team in it but they're going to be up against it they're going to be up against according to the bookies Damien, who, who are never too far wrong but they're sometimes wrong which is which is the beauty of it uh, or, or the, it's the beauty or the beast of it I suppose depending on uh, if you're a betting man but um, yeah they're, they're rated at 9-2 for the game so I mean for people who don't don't have a bet that's something along the lines of I'm just thinking of when Kingsford won the, won the championship in 2010 they were 9-2 to beat the Gales okay. so that's the kind of odds that we're looking at here I'm thinking of other examples there's they're, they're big outsiders but I know the mood is very good and then they've trained well um, I think they have a full hand to pick from as Neil Gilla ha- have um, I actually went on Google Neil Gilla v Den to see what I could find in the Kerry media outlets and <laughs> popped up on my screen Radio Kerry preview of Neil Gilla and Den and I said oh brilliant I sit, put on the kettle and listen to this here we're joined by Damien Donahue sake <laughs> sake <laughs> I can listen to that products anytime talking he, about that. He's them. not going to tell me I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're big, they're big outsiders, but in a way, it's probably, it's probably a good way to be going into it. So, Neve Gilla um, are on the east side of Kerry, coming close to the Cork border. They were in the intermediate, is it All-Ireland final in in 2011 or 2012 or something like that? Well, yeah, I think they were beaten in the All-Ireland semi-final that year, and that was the year that I think Lister Ski won it that year, as far as I remember. Okay. And but both All Ireland semi-finals and the final were really close that year. So um, they referenced that after their Munster final win that they wanted to set a few things right, which I thought was kind of funny because it's, ten it's, years ago, ten years ago, there's how many of the panel could still be there? And on the whole grudge, <laughs> you know, it's a different grade and different opposition, and probably everything about it is different, but. It shows where they're coming from. That yeah. they're, they're, they are a renowned football club in, in Kerry. Um, they're producing all Ireland winning captain in the 80s. So they're, they are big guns. I uh, don't know how they've, they've found themselves in junior football. Looking at their win against Ballina from Tipperary, they won it by 18 points in the Munster final. And their, their three main score forwards scored 313 between them. So that's Cornelius Buckley is one guy. He scored 1-7, 1-4, that was from play. Shane O'Sullivan scored 2-2. And... Uh, can't read my own writing here. Jack, John, is it John or Jack? <laughs> can't read my own writing. John O'Leary, it looks like he scored one four, and a, po- a point to that came from freeze. So they've got free scoring forwards. What do mm-hmm. Den have though? I'm sure I, I tore off Radio Kerry when you when you popped up. I'm sure you were saying Den have lots of good forwards too. 
yeah I was telling them nothing I was doing an arrow on them I was, I was literally oh no Jason poor wee den should have never they'll never put it up to the might of Kerry arrow arrow so no I, I was playing the sub story for them um, no I, I told them nothing in case Stephen Baxter's listening and coming coming looking for me um, no, but do you know what the, the Cavan forwards the den forwards are, are, are every bit as good if you if you break down into Ben Connolly Thomas Edward Donahue, Cavell Keoghan, you know, they're they're all good free scoring forwards when when they're on their game and, and mark down one of them, which they're gonna look to stop, you'd imagine Ted is the name they're gonna look to stop. Mm. Although I have a funny feeling they're gonna the 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 Ted has, has sacrificed his game to allow Ben now to become probably the, the, the marquee forward or the top scoring forward. Maybe marquee is the wrong word there because because Ted continues to pull out the best defender, bring him all over the field, influence the play, without necessarily having the biggest of impacts on the scoreboard, it allows Ben and Cavell, hopefully, who you hope is available for this weekend, to, to thrive on it. So, any word on that? Is, is Cavell available? I haven't heard. I, I expect so, because I know he was close enough the last day. Like yeah. that's, that's two weeks ago. I think that quarterfinal is going to stand to Dan greatly. Um, that's huge I think to have that game under mm. the belt Mossy said it after the game blew off the cobwebs um, so I think that's I think that's a, a big advantage to them now the, the Kerry team played their Munster final after week Christmas as well wasn't it it was the week before wasn't it week before week before then played yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's not like they were sitting around since December either so yeah. they're going to be tuned in they're they're going to be fully expecting to win there's a lot of pressure on them but this Kerry like, and they, they want to win all Ireland's to win there so I think It'll be interesting to see how they respond to that pressure because I don't think there's any pressure on Den. No. Um, I think Den are going in here. They've had an unbelievable journey to get to this far. Get this far. Uh, they've got a win outside of us now, so they should be going in with loads of confidence and no pressure on them at all. I mean, with look, I think you have to have scoring forwards to win anything, and then have that, and that always gives you a chance, no matter who you are. If you are the lowest ranked team against the best team, if you've got two or three outstanding forwards you've always got a chance because players like that can turn it on and I think then have that I think they're, they're very powerful around the middle as well Oshin Kieran is playing very well yeah. uh, Mossy Core obviously with his experience his strength uh, Beanie Gaffney with his leadership in the middle of the field and what, what I think is key Damien this, to Den's run I wonder has any team in Cavan gone into a, a provincial championship before and introduced players which have strengthened the team in the provincial championship because I think they've brought in Leon Kobe and no disrespect to the fellas who, who made way because they, they're very good players but they've brought in Leon Kobe and Caelan McCabe and they're hungry they're fresh that's a big thing like, they haven't been on that treadmill for the last 18 months like the other lads they've just broken into the team yeah. and I think that has strengthened them greatly Conor O'Reilly's break where he was away for a for a while and then missed he missed the junior final against Templeport. You know he had an outstanding game against St Brendan's. Yeah. So I think you're right that that it, it almost reminded me or I kind of you know the way in in professional soccer they you know they bring in one or two players that that just make subtle changes and and, and energize the the entire group, but it doesn't make wholesale changes. I think that's what then have done throughout this last maybe five five months, four or five months. So um I think that that's that's a big, big plus for them. Um they still have the strength on the bench. Like the big thing for them for me against St. Brendan's was that without Cavell, 
they still managed to rack up a very decent score. So they they showed that their strength in the in the bench that they can they can do without anybody and replace them and still be competitive. So, um, I my 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 big worry going into this one is though it's 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 the Kerry side and the Kerry's tradition that Kerry's tradition in this competition is you know it's it's quite remarkable to be fair. It is. They've won it 10 times out of 18. They've been in two other finals. And Ulster in general doesn't have a good record in this competition. Like, Drumgoon won the first one. Uh, and after that, Tyrone won it once. Uh, Greencastle won it. Uh, and they beat the Kerry team in the final. Dua. Um, I have a friend from Dua actually in North Kerry. And they beat them by a point in 2007. And Tyrone are the only county, you know, apart from. from um, from Goon and Swad made the final as well, obviously. But they're only are the only, only other Ulster County even to make the final level. They've lost the final about four times, I think. Okay. So Ulster has a poor record in the competition. So that doesn't bode particularly well either. But none of this is really relevant. This is no, probably you're if you're right. standing back and you're you're if this was the Connacht Junior Championship and you wanted to have a bet on it, you'd be looking at this sort of stuff. But this is not really relevant to them. They're not going to be talking about anything like that. So I, I think they're in, they're in with a great shout. Uh, mm. They're going in as underdogs, the, but they're, they're live underdogs. And the, the big part for me with Den is that they have, right, obviously I haven't seen um, Neve Gilla to, to see how good the forwards are. But you know that then have good man markers. Like Michal Gaffney has been doing really good job as a man marker there. Mossy Core on a particular type of player will nullify. You know, the small nippy man isn't the one that Mossy's going to nullify. But if, if you have a lad that's big and physical and strong in any way, Mossy's going to blot him. You know that, you know. So they've, they've, lo- they've lots of options in the back line that can nullify particular threats. And even... Coming back, I know obviously Keelan McCabe kind of played as a wing forward the last day, but he can come back in and do a man marking job on a speedster or somebody like that. So I think they've enough in defence that without having to go blanket defence, they can nullify a huge amount of opposition threats. And that's going to be key because Kerry, you'd imagine, although this is the debate in my head too. You imagine Kerry are swashbuckling footballers. They're going to play open attacking style, they're going to kick lots of ball, they're going to leave gaps at the back. But when I looked at the club championship, any games that were on telly and Kerry, it was more defensive than us. The football used to be, mm. you know, big numbers back. So will that Kerry side bring the same? Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Like, I think the odds are definitely being influenced by them winning the Munster final by eighteen points. But were then eighteen points better in the Ulster final? Close enough to it. Mm. They were then were way better than Downings in the Ulster final. Mm. But they they almost kicked it away. So that's that's another thing as well. Like psychologically, a Kerry team goes into the Munster championship. And they're Kerry, and it's worth a few points to them straight away. Because if yeah. you're if you're a footballer from a club in Limerick and you're playing a footballer from a club in Kerry, you're at a psychological disadvantage, and that's why Kerry wins so much. They're the mm. best, and they know they're the best, and the other teams crucially know they're the best as well. But Stephen Baxter touched on something in Cavan. We're nearly afraid of going into Ulster, and our clubs. I think Stephen said made some comments along those lines after one of the games, and our clubs um, tend to be sort of shy away from it in Ulster the lack belief and lack confidence and I think a sign of a team that has a little bit of doubt in them is a team that kicks a lot of wides and then they've kicked a lot of wides so you can tell that there are a Cavan team going in there our, our clubs don't win these competitions so there was there was a little bit of doubt there but they've overcome all that I think so yeah so now they're now they're in a situation where there's no pressure mm-hmm. and I, I think it's a great way to be going into it because there's so much more in them. Then it's not like Dan have pulled off this almighty performance and there's a come down after it. Mm. Uh, and like we saw with Calvin Hoarders last year, 
we're all going, going into Crow Park this almighty performance to get there to get there and then to come there and it's so difficult to, to do you know the old phrase that we always talk about where Coleman said where you, you have to reach a new level and then you have to make yeah. that your new level and make it do a consistency and then you kick on but it's so hard to do it back to back to replicate that so we saw that even Cavan after winning Ulster going in against Dublin I know that Dublin's a different kettle of fish and all bets are off when you play the Dub, that Dublin team but they were a little bit flat of themselves that day we saw it probably in 97 Cavan as well after this unbelievable performance I don't think Dan have put in this insanely good performance where they brought their game to a new level like well, a signature performance they've just they've played consistently solid all through but had things to work on after every game too I think I, I actually don't think they played consistently solid I think during the group stages in Cavan they weren't that no, solid yeah, yeah. but what I think well, they've done right from the very first group stage game to to now is you can see incremental improvements in every performance. So they're doing what we, we mentioned about Coleman. The most difficult thing to do is make that the new level. I still don't think they're at the level that we expected them to be at when they went to junior. Do you know? Like I, I literally thought when they went to junior, they're going to walk this championship the first year out. There's no doubt about it. You know, and they they didn't do that. And I think they're getting very close to that level, which would be you know, mid to high ranking intermediate team. And I think that that's, that's probably the level they're going to have to play at to, to win on Saturday. They're going to have to be a high ranking intermediate team in Cavan yeah. to, to, to win on Saturday. But I genuinely believe they're moving towards it. And talking, yeah. talking to a few within the group, there's confidence there. there, there there's look at, there's no, it's not boasting in any way, but it's look at yeah, trend is going really well. You know, we're we're happy with where we're at. You're hearing words like that 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 project a positive self image, and, and I think that that's a that's a really important thing when you're going into Kerry. Your your self confidence is going to be tested. You're going against the Kerry champions. You know the history. Your self confidence is going to be tested. Then hit a few wide early doors. Are they going to retreat into themselves? I don't think so. I think I think they've they've shown against the Antrim. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the Antrim champions with that they can they can deal with missing wides and still rectify it in game and yeah. that's a that's a big plus. Here's to here's to conundrum. Well, the slight conundrum because if you remember back to that Antrim game, the water break was huge. They had was it eight wides in that first quarter, and then the the second quarter they just took complete control of the game and Ben Connolly in particular. But without the water break, how difficult is it then to make change? Mm. It's yeah. going to be like, and that's that. That is in for tomorrow. The water break's gone for tomorrow. Water break's gone. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because I definitely think the water break helps the underdogs. Um, I fully believe that because I think it's it just gives you that chance to reset and breaks momentum if a team's getting on top of you. And some people say, well, it breaks your own momentum, but I think if, if a manager of an underdog had his way, he'd he'd have the man, his team having a timeout every two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Play the American football style. Play, stop, come in, reset, go again, and, and it just doubles the number of breaks that you get. But or Travis them uh, actually. But um, it's interesting when you look at Den's season today because we're always talking about such a long drawn out campaign. It started way back in you know the summer of twenty twenty, and it dragged through to summer of twenty twenty one. If you actually look at it, they're on a 12 game run now so forget about the Temple Port game let's say their season started again and they had 6 games there from their 4 group games and their quarter final and their first drawn semi-final against against Nupride and they didn't play particularly well in any of those games they played within themselves drew with Montreal Connacht drew with Nupride uh, so they, they had 4 wins mm-hmm. out of the 6 
uh, even the four wins they had like they were pulling away in the final quarter games like the Kildallan were putting it up to them Drummond were putting it up to them it's since that you can actually draw a line and that's when that's when the the big question was asked of them because if you remember I fully remember tipping not bright doing that replay on mm. the podcast I think you probably did too can't remember but yeah, I know I did I, I felt I, the not bright were going to win it yeah. very so, easily it's, it's interesting that you have an exact halfway point between the, in these 12 games where they clicked and they clicked in that replay they clicked against against Drung even though Drung, Drung uh, they had a few wides against Drung as well but Drung um, pulled it up to them and, and they turned on the side in the second half and then through Ulster and like the Desert Martin performance was a great performance they, they, against the Antrim team they pulled away and played really well yeah. against Darrenings against St Brendan same thing they pulled away so they're probably a second half team and so a big thing is going to be be in the game at half time don't let this Kerry crowd get on top of you and I think we could we could be set up for an ambush yeah yeah. Finger, fingers crossed we're really looking forward to it if you're uh, if you're not able to make it down to Tullamore the game will be live on Northern Sound from 1.30 both myself and Paul are on on the mics for that one so looking forward to it Brady's Arva Limited main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family owned and family run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. So moving on to the Cavan against Leitrim game, first round of the Alliance Football League, Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock in Park Sean McDermott over in Carrick and Shannon. Um, you know, we've done a little bit of previewing on this, but we're going to try to name the team, try to get into the mind of Mickey Graham, if if you dare, Paul. Yeah, Mickey Graham's red book. Yeah, yeah, there's, it's it's full that red book. So it is. Okay, we start obviously Raymond Gallagher starts in goals. Well, That's a gimme. I'm proposing that we name 15 players first of all because it's so hard to know with with. Uh, Positions and so on. It's very difficult to say. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think we'll have we'll, to. We'll, we'll put loose positions on it, but come yeah. when you get from midfield up, it's going to be very difficult. Right, we're, we're actually, it's it's very difficult from the full back line. Yeah, because there's one player that that you kind of name down there that that could be midfield or could be in the full back line. Yeah, there's probably two actually. <laughs> ben and what Leitrim bring? Yeah. Anyway, we'll go for it. We'll go for it. So Galligan's in goals. That's a gimme. Galligan's in goals. Uh, Gunner starts. Gunnar starts. Paul Faulkner starts. Definitely. Killian Clark starts. Definitely. They're they're three definites. Yeah. Two of them. Two of them could be a midfielder. You could see Killian Clark and Killian the Gunner in midfield. You could. You could. You know, it's possible. It's, good. it's possible. But I think I think Faulkner's nailed on for full back. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I, I I tell you what. I like I'd like to look at that full back line. The three of them are in that full back line. Though. Oh yeah. I would love to look at that. And I you wouldn't know because we know that Leitrim have scoring forwards. I was just going to say it. Mickey Graham might load up the full back line like that. Half back line. Chris Conroy at six. I think he holds on to his spot because his performance against Tyrone was excellent. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, and then you've got wonderful... Like, Jason McLaughlin has had a brilliant last... Like, even against... I think back last year, against Tyrone, Jason McLaughlin still played well. He, I think he's, he's, he's in a great vein of form. and I, you, you know better than me, but is he 10 years on the senior team now? He'd be very close to it, oh, wouldn't he? He is, yeah. He could be in his 11th season. I, I think he... 
I think he might have made his debut in 2012 against Donegal. Like he definitely played in 2013. He marked Jamie Clark against Armagh, yeah, but he was there in 12, I think, against Donegal. Right and saying so, we have to go to Lachlan uh, and Arthur because uh, they're the men with the stats. They'll yeah. be able to tell you that. Um, so maybe I might ask the lads later on. But um, like we're talking about experience in this team. Yeah, like yeah. The, look at the players we've named here. Like t- tenth season or, or plus for Killian the Gunner, probably the same for Faulkner, probably the same for Killian Clark, well, Jason Midlock. Of the of the, let's say the four four of those players that we've named or five of those players that we've named so, so far, Gunner and Jason are on it since 2012-2013 Faulkner's uh, an All Star, Killian Clark's an international rules player, Ray McGallaghan's an All Star, <laughs> and like it's been fifteen years around County Pans yeah, as yeah. an as a goalie and an outfielder. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal amount of experience and talent. Yeah, um, we're going rushing. Karen is definitely starting. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I love the balance of the, of of Kieran and McLaughlin as the two wing half backs. I while we're not nailing ourselves to positions, I'd be very surprised if there's changes here because they're uh, they they both bring so much going forward. Could Jason McLaughlin start in the forward line again? He could. He could. Like it's it's possible because. You have options in that backline, like Evan For- Finnegan done absolutely nothing wrong. Like it'd be harsh for him maybe not to be starting, but when you have the likes of those players that we that we named and and Luke Fortune, obviously, like for me, Luke Fortune, I thought coming out of twenty twenty, that's Luke Fortune nailed on senior starter for the next ten years. Mm. You know, I, I thought it was yeah. a guarantee, and I think and he I, hasn't really. We haven't seen much. I'm of still him. surprised that he didn't start in the championship last yeah, year. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I, never, I could never get my head around that one. Um, but but I still love I just love those two guys at wing half back that's that's a very formidable backline defence there you know Gunnar Faulkner Clark McLaughlin Conroy and and and, and Oshin Gearn and like that's that's mean you don't need a blanket there yeah and like do you know what I, I was thinking <laughs> we could end up with egg on our face here Damien because we're singing the praise of the cabin and it's always a dangerous position to be in but uh, I was looking back someone said to me yesterday uh it's absolutely he said I know it's not funny for the people at Cavan but he said it's almost hilarious that Cavan are in Division 4 he said it's so mad that Cavan are in Division 4 and I was actually thinking about it and I thought back to 2020 before Covid hit and like okay we lost the first game to Armagh that year that was a bad evening then Cavan won three games in a row and like hammered Leash by 10 points away mm-hmm. and had to be Clare at home to have one foot in Division 1 that moved us to eight points, which would have left that we would have like nine points got Armagh up that year. I know they would have had us on the head to head, but we just needed one point from the Clare and Roscommon games as it turned out. A careless loss at home to Clare, and next thing we're re- next thing COVID hits, we come back missing half a team, playing young lads to fill out the team, lose two games narrowly to Clare and Roscommon. Suddenly you're relegated, and next thing you know you're in Division Four in yeah. the blink of an eye, and it's just mad. Like we could we could have easily have been starting last year in Division One. Yeah, instead of getting relegated from Division Three. Yeah, it is it, it, small margins. Yeah, small margins, and it just goes to show you've got to be on your game all the time. Like you, you can't, you can't take your eye off the ball for any games, and particularly now, as Mickey said earlier in the week, with a congested season, with a smaller compact season, these games have to all be their championship. You know, it's it's yeah. it, it's must win. It's must win, and and not just this season. It's got to be going forward. And I think we're seeing that in a lot of county teams. Even look at Kerry pushing in through the O'Bourne Cup and, and you know teams that generally didn't really like we've seen Donegal not even entering the Mechanic Cup you know they pushed on tried tried to make a final this year there's no doubt about it they put out as, as strong a team as they could yeah. so I think we're seeing a change in attitude that, that 
the McKenna Cup may become the new league, but the league becomes the, the pre-championship build-up and we've got to go hard at this and, and, and win games because it's such a congested season, which is great for supporters, I have to say. Yeah, and we might see um, a much lower dropout rate as well because shorter season, you're not asking lads to, to yeah. devote so much time to it. If lads want to go travelling or whatever, there's probably a couple of months there that they can now yeah. in the winter, yeah. which wasn't the case beforehand. But All those lads that's named that are playing well. Yeah. Um, and Higoshin Kieran in particular was very good against Armagh and in the throw night everyone played well but I thought Higoshin Kieran was very good against Armagh I thought in the first half of that game he was he was Cavan's best player and I think he's he lost his form last year after being unbelievable like ridiculous in 2020 but he's he looks to be back to himself now yeah. can you play Galligan and James Smith in the middle of the field yes ok I think so <laughs> I think so I, I now my only worry about it is that if you play Galligan James Smith McLaughlin and Ushin Kiernan, it's a lot of attacking in your middle eight, particularly the back five of your middle eight. Um, so maybe that's why Killian Clark maybe goes in there. And the fact that Gerald McKiernan is out, um, does Thomas Galligan go in towards the full forward line or go into the forward line maybe is is an option there. So it's 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 the possibility. But I think there's, if we want to push on, on opposition kickouts, Thomas Galligan and James Smith in the middle of the field are a big foil. You know they're gonna they're gonna stop most keepers from kicking out long towards the middle. So then you can get your forwards to press high up on it. So I I, I like the look of it. I think it's it's definitely worth a shot anyway. Yeah, you, you know a lot more about football tactics than I do. But I was talking about this somewhere recently, and we were talking about positions and like. Most people in the GEA still talk about positions in the traditional sense that we grew up with. Yeah. But it's basically redundant. Most of them are kind of redundant now. We're certainly, like, we're trying to name a 15 here and we're, we're reduced to nearly name a 15 players because the positions are, are... Completely. But if you watch a bit of it's AFL fluid. and they have, different, they have different positions and different names for positions. And I think there should be a new position entering the common parlance in GEA talk and that's, that's called the disruptor. And that's the man in the middle of the field or anywhere around the middle toward <laughs> who takes the ball like a wrecking ball and when the, when the, the opposition are in their defensive shell, he's the lad that scatters the field on like, like 10 pin bowling. Why, why, why bother calling it the disruptor? Just call it the Thomas <laughs> Or the James Smith. Or the James Smith, yeah. yeah that's, true. My, that's my point. I think we've got two elite disruptors there. Two lads who, who when the opposition is in their defensive shell and you're you pass the ball over and back and you're hoping something's going to happen it's like oh we pull this out of the position that's fine and it, sometimes that'll work and you'll pull a fellow out of position you'll get a lad on the overlap but most times what I think happens is some wrecking ball goes at them and it doesn't have to be a 6 foot 5 player it's just some lad with unbelievable body strength and speed like Peter Kenny or someone that can just go by him and it's like you got to pull me down or or uh, I'm getting by you and have a man off the shoulder like Faulkner when he comes out of the full of the back line can do that and that's the key part of it that when Thomas or James or Faulkner or somebody makes that that dart into the mass defence that they're not isolated in that moment that once the defence go oh shit here comes the wrecking ball we've got to all merge together our powers to try to stop the wrecking ball there's gaps then, and, but but if you don't have a runner coming at speed off the shoulder, the wrecking ball is is less effective anyway. Yeah. Or so. sure, and shooters hovering around them. They yeah. like those they like those little boards that hang around a hippo and get the bits of meat <laughs> yeah, out of the their crumbs. teeth. Yeah, <laughs> you need shooters just yeah. hovering around there. Like you like Cormac O'Reilly or Ted or Connor Smith or a player like that that is nippy can get in kick off either foot. Big big plus. Okay, so we're we're, we're naming the that James and Thomas both start. 
whether they're midfield or not, we're, we're not just a hundred percent sure. Okay, half forward line, it's it, like two picky, two pick themselves on their past performances. There, Jared Smith and Ushin, Ushin Brady, and obviously with Garoud out, we have to put in a replacement. Yeah, it's difficult to find. To Garoud, they're replaceable. Yes. Straight off, you're not going to get a player that can do what he does and to put up the scores he does. But he's he's actually not the disruptor though. He's not. Oh no, he's not that man. And, and I think for too long, Calvin, we want him to be everything. We want him to be nearly the best midfielder, the highest scorer, and the lad who who creates overlaps and everything else. But I think I think he's just a. It's a scoring. He's a marquee forward. He's a marquee That's forward. what he is. Like yeah. he, he literally is a marquee forward. And and, and it's such a big option. It's, it's because it's because he's six foot five or whatever he is. I think he's six foot five. I'm yeah. accurate. Not six six, <laughs> but I think I'm accurate. Six foot five. <laughs> but it's because he's that 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 he that that we we think he can't be a marquee forward. He is a marquee forward. I like or or I say we can't think. I don't know where who we is in this conversation but he is definitely our marquee forward now and as I said earlier on in the podcast this year it's because of James Smith and Thomas Galligan playing and controlling the middle of the field allows him to become our marquee forward yeah I'm, I'm calling the only way we have the imperial measurement system I'm calling yours the top bar of the imperial measurement system <laughs> you, you had about five inches to every player but I think it's close to 6'5 six 6'5 five. Six five, yeah ah yeah I'd say he is I'd be very surprised if you're not now to be honest so we're going Jerry Smith and Ocean Brady Do you play, can they play Conor Madden on the 40 I think so I think he's probably the best option for the 40 like do, do you know the other thing is that there may be other options coming in like the, like does Michael Argue maybe come in into that half forward line um, we've seen Paul Smith at centre half forward and done a couple of nice things that that maybe it's the time to give him the chance and, and I think centre half forward could be his position because he can pick out those passes um, are you looking at maybe to balance an attack in midfield and wing half backs does he go with a Niall Murray or a Conor Mina at six or at, at 11 at centre forward and, and kind of coming back to help out to allow those guys a bit of freedom to go forward mm. so I wonder what the status of Mina is is he fit again I'm just going on did he play the McKenna Cup did he come on? He did in one of the games. Yeah, he came on for Evan Finnegan in in, well, in the throne game. Every, every player who's who was who played in the mechanic cups available for selection. So then Conor Miner should be available. So that's another big asset to have there. So I, now where exactly does does he slot in instead of Chris Conroy? I I don't think so at the minute. I don't. I think Chris Conroy has the jersey and holds on. Mm. But Miner's best position is probably at six, isn't it? I think they're they're similar players. I think Mina yeah. probably has the edge on Conroy, to be honest. But Conroy is played really well against Tyrone. I was just going to say maybe maybe in the overall sense he's the edge, but right now, I think Conroy has the ball and and, and deserves to hold on. Yeah, and he played very well for Cavan in twenty twenty, and the time of year suits him as well. Like like he's not the fastest player, but he he does use the ball very well. And Mickey Graham said it after one of the games that he's a very smart player. Like, I I was speaking to somebody who who was telling me that. Against Tyrone, he could have touched the ball forty odd times. Yeah. That's a crazy stat for a player. Yeah. Like it, it's phenomenal. And and I don't recall him giving it away. No, he doesn't give the ball away. You know, and so he actually beat a man up the sideline, which isn't his game yeah. either. But he actually did that, so he was playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think he has to stay in there. But but then when you have a Conor Miner or Niall Murray on the bench, you know, you're, th- there's pressure on you, you. You have weapons. You want to use them. So. Maybe maybe one of the guys comes in there into centre half forward, but kind of comes back. Or or as I said, it could be a straight swap down for Killian Clark to come up the midfield 
Thomas Galligan goes centre half forward and 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 you, you you bring in somebody into that back line which could be an Isle Murray and Evan Finnegan and Connor Mina um uh, uh, Luke Fortune. You've got you've got loads of options. I think we're, I don't know if you listen to the off the ball, they're they're starting to go through the depth charts. Did you see that? No. So they done the depth chart for, for Tyrone the other day. So it's basically right, well if he gets injured or there's your starting six defenders, who's the next six? And are they are they like for like? So Good, yeah. I think it's a great idea. I think we're going to have to do the depth chart for Cavins. Yeah, I think this is the strongest Cavan panel we've seen in a good while. Like we used twenty six players in in twenty twenty in that campaign in the five games, and twenty three of them are still on the panel. And of the three that's gone by my count, it's Evan Doughty, Paul Graham, and um, Cormac Timoney. And Paul Graham started against Down. Uh, Cormac Timothy started against Antrim so of the three fellas that are gone none of them were regular nail on starters so we've lost three panel players but all the other 23 that featured are there so I think we've managed to retain a lot of players which yeah. which is definitely good I know it's disappointing that that we haven't got more of the top club players committing to it but I still think Mickey Graham's got a very strong hand to play with there full forward line we're going to go with Paddy Lynch start yeah after after his performance against Tyrone definitely yeah. Yeah, I, I, now for me, I I'd love it. I'd, I'd love if Grode was available for this game, and you could play Thomas Galligan at full forward and put Paddy into the corner. Because I I think in the left corner forward position, that's where we'll see the best of Paddy. Now, eventually, then it may turn into a full forward role, but he looks so comfortable the way he hooped, hooped with the instep of the right boot. Those two points, um. In the was the second half. I I I just there was something about that moment. I would click. You know that that works. That really works there, and and that's the Paddy Lynch we've expected to mm-hmm. see. So I'd love to see him go into the corner and maybe somebody take the full forward position. And in Division Four, you'd imagine <coughs> he could have a a real confidence building league campaign as a corner forward for Calvin. Uh, but Paddy Lynch definitely, whether he's full forward or corner forward, he starts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've gone. We're going Cormac O'Reilly to start. If he's injury free. If he's injury free. I thought against Tyrone first half he was brilliant. Brilliant, he was. Really, really excellent. And and you know, we talked about the young lads that, that have been coming in over the last few years and some of them have to step up. I thought that was an indicator that Cormac could step up. Now the the issue will be can he go injury free and continue to grow in confidence and step up? You know, that's a there's a lot that has to go right here. But I thought Cormac against Tyrone showed what he's capable of against a, a good Good side, you know. There's no, there's no mean feet beating any Tyrone team, mm. especially in that first half when, when, you know, probably the game when the game was dead and buried, scores were not just worth as much because they were probably easier to come by. But um, he was key. like he scored the first point in that game. He was key. Like he mm. would give some nice balls and um, who gets the other jersey? I mean, that's very hard to call. There's a lot of lads in contention. And you've even fellas there like Stephen Smith who didn't play in the McKenna Cup. I don't yeah. know, maybe he's lightening up in training. <gasps> Connor Smith didn't play in the McKenna Cup. Maybe he's lightening up in training. It's very hard to know who's, who else is going to be in there. Or Kevin possibly... Kevin O'Reilly. Possibly they bring Luke Fortune in there and push someone else up. And that's it in terms of, yeah. you know, marksmen. Yeah. It's, it, you, know, you know, like, I'd like to see more of Ryan O'Neill, Kean Madden... We didn't get to see probably enough of them early doors um, in the McKenna Cup, but such is the competition within the squad. Um, Paul Smith, as I mentioned already, Jack McKenna, like is he back? If if he's back, then does he dislodge a, a, 
an Ushin Brady or a Jerry Smith from the wing half forward position? I don't think so. But you got to get him out in that middle toward where he can where he can use his athletic ability. So if Jack McKenna is back in, maybe it's a kind of a roving corner forward role that he could play. So there, I I do think there's there's really really strong options here, and I think that Mickey Graham, no matter what fifteen he picks, I think they're capable of winning the game. Mm. If they come with the right attitude, if they come with the right pitch of the game, like the Fermanagh game last year, and I keep going back to this in my head, Cavan picked a good enough team to win that game, but they didn't go with the right attitude. They came kind of lacklustre and expecting to get a victory rather than knowing they had to work to get a victory. And I think that that's something I'm, I'm imagining they're going to forget about, you know, last year and or remember last year and say, right, okay, we've got to bring our A game here. We've got to go and win the game, do what we have to do to win the game. And as Terry Highland said to you earlier in the week, it's about making better decisions than the players that are wearing the, the jersey opposite you. You know, and that's I think that we've enough players that should be able to do that to get the better Elitrum. But if you're if you're if you're off your top game or, or far off your top game Leach could beat you. Oh, th- this is not Aaron final to Cavan. This is a massive, massive game to Cavan here because lose this, like, and it'll have a knock on effect. It p- puts pressure on you. It, it, it really ratchets up the pressure. If you could win your first three or four games, a couple of games towards the end, like, you're going there and you're playing with a bit of confidence and you have that comfort blanket and knowing that, okay, we can afford to drop a point or even two points possibly here. We could be up. Leach are up after five games when, right. when they're in the division. So. It's interesting. Also, uh, it's a funny kind of a stat, but Leitrim are going for three wins in a row against Cavan, albeit th- they won in 93 and 95, and we haven't played them since. No way. So, yeah, yeah we've played, I think I mentioned this on the pod already, though. We've played... Yeah, every team. Every team in twice Ireland. Twice and three times. Yeah, but since we've played Leitrim. Three in a row they're going for. Well, we've played Jesus, to, this is a big one now. This is a big this one. This is adding more to it. They cannot make three in a row against here's, Cavan. Here's one for you. You were probably at... The, I no doubt you were at that game in, in October 95. Probably was. I, I don't doubt it, but... Cavan scored one seven that day and had two scorers. Where was it? It was in Carrick and Shannon. We lost. Some, I think it was something like eleven points, twelve points to one seven or something. But of the one seven, who's who scored the one seven? Do you know I, I I can't remember, but I'm going to take a guess at Ronan Carlin and Fintan Cavan. Oh, one of them right. Ronan Carlin with one six, and the other one went to your favourite. Damien Damien O'Reilly with the other points but he's playing in the full back line so if Cormac scores uh, then father or son will have scored in successive games against <laughs> it's not unbelievable <laughs> brilliant brilliant I love that stat yeah, I love that, that. that has to be unprecedented yeah definitely definitely um, right do you know what we, we were going to bring up about the under 19s and we're, we're going to hold off on that because I've got to be in my bonnet and I'm going to let loose on the next podcast about the GA and talking about taking under 19s to or minors to under 19s, my blood's boiling. You're mad as hell, and you're not going to take it anymore. Exactly, exactly. But, folks, look, best of luck to Calvin and to uh, Den at the weekend. Both games are live on Northern Sound. Mickey Brennan joining me over in Carrick and Shannon. Paul Fitzpatrick with me on commentary down in Tullamore. Um, and we'll have reaction from both games over the weekend. Don't forget to head on over to our Patreon service. That's the diehard service on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan. that's the first place you can get all the reaction from the weekend's action yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and larry has put it over the bar it was hard fast football after that you're in Cavan, nice was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time and then the cave and it's over the lap and Cavan 
are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Calvin! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah! 